The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain it what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy. It is the car cast after USC's 55-17 win over the Colorado Buffaloes at the Coliseum on a Friday night. The Trojans now run their record to 9-1, and and they will be in the top 10 going to the Rose Bowl next week against UCLA. But tonight, all about the win over Colorado. We're going to talk about it, give you our first reactions, and so much more. As always, you can follow us over on social media. I am at MichaelCastFS. My co-host, Elisa Deratola, is at Penguin of Troy. You can follow the show at Reign of Troy. You can follow us over on YouTube and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, wherever you can find a podcast, we are there. But of course... If you're joined with us live here on YouTube, welcome and uh, have your say in the chat. Pop in your thoughts, and uh, we'll have we'll have some fun here on a uh, late Friday night. Um, I'm your host, Michael Garcia, joined along with my co-host, Elisa Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we are back for another CarCast USC. Uh, got the job done <laughs> after a first quarter in which they were outscored three to two. <laughs> just like we all predicted um i mean we were talking your score prediction was very close very, oh, very i close was i was heated yeah heated at one part of the point in the game which i think is really funny to me that like this score the score that we saw was well within the realms of what we predicted for this game and yet the way this game played out is, I think, the opposite of what you and I would have predicted for what this game would have played out as. This was a indescribable game. Like, I hope this is a game that we talk about in five years. Like, remember that Colorado game, that first quarter that was the most miserable first quarter of football that I've ever seen? Remember yeah. that? Yeah, that, uh, that's, that's what this game was. 
Yes. It was uh, it was quite the the interesting uh, game for the Trojans. SC ultimately gets the win, fifty five seventeen. Uh, we talked about it going in. This game would not matter except for two things: one, USC wins; they yep. did win, and number two, they stayed healthy. And oh my God, that did not happen. Yeah, did not happen. Yeah, uh, Travis Dye. If you, if you somehow missed the game, uh, left in the second quarter. Uh, amassed 26 rushing yards in the first half, but uh, the the last of those yards came on a rough-looking run in which he bent over backwards. Uh, he left the game. He was he was there in the second half uh, after being carted off, um, seemingly with with a cast on his on his looked like his left leg um, below the knee, which. Do with that information what you will. Um, yeah. Does did not look good. He was um, quite the gut wrenching scene for SC. And I, I put on Twitter if you if you had a list of the guys you could not lose, Travis Die is like top two or three, right? Like yeah, you you couldn't lose him. And SC ultimately um, loses him in the game before all the big games. Yeah, and, and I think you can tell the impact of that injury yeah. by the way that everybody on USC sideline, by the way that Colorado players were coming over to, to wish him well. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter compare it to when, um, when Drake London got injured and it was that kind of just like it deflation of the Coliseum and just, you could see the team react to how important that player was. And it's even more incredible because Travis Dye was not a Trojan this time last year. Mm -hmm. The impact that he's had on this team in a leadership role, in a on the field role has been gigantic. And you could see that from the way that the players and the coaches (laughs) and the fans reacted to him going down that way. Um, It's, extremely unfortunate it's extremely demoralizing it's sad from a usc perspective because travis die was so important to what usc wants to do for the rest of the season it's sad from a travis die perspective because he won't get to fit we we assume he won't get to finish the season it's sad from a travis die perspective because he's supposed to be preparing for the nfl this spring and based on what we saw from that injury his nfl preparation is going to be potentially screwed up as well. And so it is just, it is heart wrenching. It was heart wrenching to see him uh, getting carted off the field. And, you know, I'm seeing a lot of people in the chat talk about like, yeah, well, you have Austin Jones, you have Darwin Barlow, you have Relief Brown. Absolutely. You have those guys, but none of those guys match up to the complete package that Travis Dye was. Um, all of those guys can run, but none of them can pass block the way that Travis Dye could pass block. And, those aren't necessarily like the leaders that uh, that the Travis I was for this team. So I don't want to. I don't think. I don't think you need to downplay the importance of Travis I, while also pointing out the potential that USC has from the other running backs. Absolutely, those guys. And we saw today, Austin Jones stepped up in a big way. We saw Darwin Barlow get his chance. We saw mm-hmm. Relief Brown show his stuff. So yeah, you have guys there, but none of them are Travis I. Yeah, I, I think it's been telling, um, if nothing else, the confidence that the coaching staff has in Travis Dye mm-hmm. in the number of reps he's gotten compared to everybody else. Early on in the year, Austin Jones was 
tit for tat with with die on yardage and yards per carry and all that and then his playing time got dialed back considerably and we talked about it going back to the no 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 uh, blocking no, no, no rocky thing and it, it did check out right like austin jones kind of struggled with with um with pass blocking and uh and run blocking and what he needs to do on that front but and I, I think that he has struggled to find holes as well in the times that he's gone in there because he's struggled to really get in a rhythm with limited action. Less decisive than die. Yeah, and but he looked really good tonight. I thought he, he looked as good as tonight as he has all year. Really, Brown looked uh, in, incredible tonight at, at times. Still did the thing where he dances around a little bit, and that might be frustrating for. Uh, a couple of plays, but it's going to absolutely win you over when he's got like a long of 19 that he had tonight uh, in the in the run game and the pass game. He scored uh, on, on that big, long touchdown pass from uh, from Miller Moss. So, yes, SC's got talent there, but Travis Dye was such a reliable option and such a, um, you know, stalwart of this of this team that. You know, you're you're going to miss him if this thing is is and ends up being as serious as it looks. Well, yeah. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's something that, <laughs> you know, he, he wakes up tomorrow and feels totally fine, and they do an MRI and there's no damage <laughs> or whatever. But I want I want so what you're having. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, like I I don't know. We're, we're gonna have to see see what happens with that. But yeah, I, I think it, I think it absolutely is a big loss for, for the Trojans going forward, um, even though they do have. Uh, some depth guys that you can actually uh, feel feel some confident and confidence in. It's it's kind of a mixture uh, of both of those things. But yeah, going into this game, we we talked about the stay healthy and get the win, and hopefully build up some confidence uh, in things like game control and and like looking like you you know can beat Colorado similarly to what Oregon. UCLA and even TCU. I forget the TCU played them in week one. I, uh, you know, close to what those guys did. Um, and SC seemingly all did that tonight. Yeah. I, I think if you want to look at like silver linings around the running back uh, situation is we did see as soon as, as die went out, there was a change in philosophy from the way that the running backs were used. And I think that, we clearly know that Travis Dive is the best pass blocking running back that USC has. May, well, my hope would be that USC understands that Austin Jones are, and really Brown and maybe Darwin Barlow. We haven't seen Darwin, Bar- Darwin Barlow in those situations as often, mm-hmm. but my hope would be that they recognize that yes, these guys, their strength is not pass blocking. So we're going to use them as outlets. And we saw that over and over and over again yeah. in the second half after Travis Dye went out, we didn't see them ask Austin Jones to pass block. We yeah. saw them. We saw them eight, ask eight catches him, tonight between the, those three. Yeah, they asked him to split out and be an outlet for for Caleb Williams, and that worked very very well for USC. I, I thought it even improved the offense because one of my complaints about the first half was that USC seemed to be forcing the longer passing game, the long developing passing game. They didn't really have a lot of routes that were in the shorter range, and having the running back be an outlet for Caleb Williams to me helped a lot actually helped move the ball a little bit more. So you mm-hmm. want a silver lining. It's that if USC doesn't want to run the ball anyways, which is a constant complaint that I have, like using the running backs as part of the passing game 
could ultimately be a plus for this this offense. Like that's my silver lining that I can take from needing to see more of Austin Jones and certainly really ground uh, in in this offense. Well, when was the last time SC had major running back injuries uh, stuff that happened? You remember hmm, certain. Year, I, uh, I mean, 20, 2019, <laughs> when they turned to uh, Alvin Rossi Brown as a running back. Well, yeah. yes, but the, the the other part of it is that um, Graham Harrell offense, the best month, uh, like the best month of Graham Harrell's tenure ever was the yeah. one month that he decided, I'm not going to piddle fart around with the run. I'm just going to go all in on the pass. Screw it. Let's just see what happens. I'm going to go full air raid and truly, truly buy into it. And when he did that, SC suddenly became an explosive offense for one month. Um, and I, this is a completely different situation. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I could see a, a way in which you can find a silver lining on attacking things differently. You talk about how the running backs were used in the passing game. I agree. At the same time. Four of the four of the eight passing plays that were caught by running backs tonight um, were from Miller Moss uh, late in the game. So yes, uh, I, I and think. Can we talk for a second about the little rainbow throw that he throws on a screen? Because oh, Chef's kiss, love it. <laughs> he, that 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 kid can throw a screen. I don't know what else he can do, but he can throw a screen. Quite quite a little bit of uh, hang time on those yes. sticks for sure, um, but yeah, it, it was um, you know quite quite the night from from SC on on the ground all told 185 yards felt like more than that to me, um, but I think that's just because of the efficiency of the guys that were running in the second half. Austin Jones finishes with 74 yards, averaging 6.7 a pop. Uh, Relic Brown 52 yards, nine, long of 19, 7.4 yards per carry and uh darwin barlow is is seemingly his first action since the rice game uh five carries and 41 yards uh including a late garbage time touchdown the garbage time touchdown that puts the trojans over the 50 point mark uh sort of ruins my prediction but that's fine uh (laughs) if you you missed our, our preview episode i predicted sc to win 47 17 which and, is already ruined. And, and you joked, like, how is Essie going to score 47? 47's <laughs> a weird score. Well, Alicia, I don't know. Maybe there was a weird safety early on in the game. Essie was on pace to win 47-7. I mean, sorry, 47-17. Then there's a weird, you know, uh, fake t- uh, two-point conversion that they get. Completely sort of ruins it. Looks like Essie's going to win 48-17. But Barlow, yeah, right there at down. the end, gets the... Uh, gets the touchdown in there but um yeah i, I mentioned before I, I wanted to compare sc beating colorado 55 17 uh, and sort of see how that compares to the other teams oregon ucla tcu uh they've all played uh colorado um so sc scored the most points of any of those teams tcu scored 38 sc scores 55 ucla 45 oregon 49 in terms of the points allowed, uh, SC allowed the most points at 17, tied with UCLA. But 17, 17, 13, and 10, all in the same realm. A game that includes garbage time, I don't care about that. No big deal. I think, if anything, the, the thing you can hold your hat on is SC held Colorado to 259 total yards tonight. Um, even if the defense was sort of shaky at times, uh, 
259 yards, one of their fewest outputs of the season, the lowest of any of those of any of those top ranked teams to play Colorado. Uh, TCU held them to 348, UCLA 309. Oregon 367 and the Trojans 259 uh, per play average um, would have the Bruins leading that 4.07, by the way, Uh, Colorado tonight, 4.6 yards per play. Yeah. I don't even think the defense was shaky all that much. I thought they, they were the only good thing about the first quarter mm-hmm. for USC. That, I mean, it helped the JT Strout look absolutely. I inept. mean, he's just not a good quarterback. No. So we knew that coming in, but Tuli Tupelotu looked uh, as dominant as you want a player of Tupelotu's stature to look against Colorado. Um, we saw Corey Foreman get in there and disrupt disrupt some plays. Really nice to see yep. him pop off in this game. Truly had another great uh, night. Yeah, you 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 got to pop off sometime, and this would this would be a really good night for to see both of those guys be involved. Um, yeah, there were there were a couple plays I think where there was breakdowns, but I, I think that with this defense, the way that this defense operates, you're always going to have a handful of plays that are going to they're just going to be feast or famine on there that the other team is going to feast. Mm-hmm. I thought we saw more of USC's defense keeping Colorado to famine in this game. And, and really, you know, the, the touchdown that, that Colorado gets is late Tuli Tupelo to isn't on the field for some reason during that drive. I will choose to believe that it's because it was almost garbage time. I don't yeah. want to think about life where there was a reason there, for him to be that, off the field. There's I don't know. been some situational stuff where he's, he's come off at times, but I don't know. I don't know if I would have taken Tuli Tupelotu off the field for no, that. But I'm just saying, like, it's happened before. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I thought that the defense held up for the most part. Uh, the, the other touchdown that they give up is, is after a special teams blunder. So, yeah. you know, I, I think that the defense did just fine. And we said coming into the game, you know, if they hold them under 20 points, we'll be happy. And I think the way that this played out, especially with the defense getting a safety as bad as uh, Shrout was on that safety play, mm-hmm. you know, getting that safety and, and uh, getting the turnovers that they got as uh, setting up another USC touchdown with a, a fumble uh, recovery in, in, uh, in deep in, in the territory. Like I think it worked out for USC's defense in this game. Um, the problem in this game really was that USC's offense had such a bad first quarter that it made everything look shakier for the defense when if USC had scored, you know, a touchdown on their first three possessions and the defense played exactly the way they did, we wouldn't really be talking about like, Oh no, there's the defense. Like it would just be like, you know, sometimes you give up a play. I I think any talk about the defense being, you know, a liability in this game is strictly the, uh, a reflection of of the previous games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Raylan Goreforth comes back. It's four tackles, uh, in his return after, uh, missing a few, uh, that was big for SC, of course, no Eric Gentry. Um, on the off- offensive side of the ball, um, Jordan Addison comes back and ends up not having a huge role on offense, but I don't think that's a big deal. You know, uh, it's it's no secret SC's biggest game of the year is eight days away. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Addison hasn't played in a month. Uh, it makes sense to sort of slowly bring him back uh, he had uh, two targets, one catch for two yards tonight, but I, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's a problem. The, the biggest thing is is just getting him healthy and just 
knowing that he was able to be out on the field, I think was the, the biggest win for SC in, in that side of things. Yeah. I, I mean, I think going into the game, we would have said, put him on a pitch count. Yeah. See if he can, if he can make some plays. There was a play where he was available in the end zone and Caleb Williams just missed him. So uh, he could have had a touchdown in this game in theory. And yeah, when, when you've got Kyle Ford playing the way he did, when you've got Taj Washington available, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you've got Brendan Rice, eventually deciding to to make some plays uh then you didn't really need jordan addison this game i think in the first quarter what you needed more than jordan addison was just brendan rice to make some catches the you know the simple catches instead of the spectacular let's let's talk about um we we had a question in the chat from touchdown did usc did mario williams play no he did not he uh he came out in warm-ups, but but did not play. He was uh, in street clothes. In, in street clothes after yeah. that, but let's let's talk about Brendan Rice's game. Uh, three catches, seventy yards. Um, if you just watch those three catches for seventy yards, you think, oh, right. he had a productive night, including a uh, long touchdown pass that was a beautiful pass from Caleb Williams uh, in the second quarter. Uh, on, on a post, he uses his body to Good sort catch. of get, catch the ball, win his positioning, get over the goal line, exactly what you want to see. But then early on in the game, a couple of key drops, one of those uh, on a uh, sort of hand fight for the ball that ended up being an interception where uh, you'd like to hope that someone of Brendan Rice's uh, size and and strength could kind of either, if nothing else, defend that ball away on a on a deep ball that was slightly underthrown by by Caleb Williams, or wrangle it back and 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 take it himself. Um, on on the first drive of the game, he drops a drops a ball on a, on a little short uh, pass to the flat. I don't know. It was it was a mixed bag performance from 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 Brendan Rice, and it's one of those where you're like. Why is he not getting, um, or, or why why is SC not putting out Kyle Ford more often when Kyle Ford seemingly, as the season has gone on, has gotten better and better and better? We saw him against Arizona. He looked really good. He looked really good tonight. Three catches for 73 yards. Two of those back-to-back third-down conversions <laughs> where he was like sort of the outlet man uh, late on to just catch it and just run with nobody around him. But yeah, Brendan Rice up and down, had his moments, didn't have his moments at the same time, still waiting for him to sort of put it all together. Yeah, I get why they have him out there because what he did later in the game is exactly why they had him out there. He made a really great catch on the sideline. He had that touchdown catch. So, like, I see it. My problem is, is that this offense – they're running into a little bit of a of a trend here where like when things are bad they're just like really bad and and they're out out of sorts and everything like that and yeah. i think that having a player on the field who contributes so clearly to being out of sorts it it makes me worry to be honest because i, I don't know that i can depend on on Brendan Rice because from one play to the next you might get a spectacular catch or you might get a drop and that's really frustrating. Um, there were other drops in this game, but I think they were more about the throw 
than the yeah. than the receiver where Brendan Rice, like there was just no excuse to to drop what he did. Taj had a drop where it looked it like was a, behind it was him, and it might have been behind him. And and uh, they talked about in the broadcast that K- Caleb Williams was talking about made it look like it was a mix up of what um, he was going to do on the route. Yeah, so um, maybe there's some miscommunication there, but yeah. I just don't think we've seen that necessarily from Kyle Ford. Kyle Ford has been more reliable. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't see a lot of Michael Jackson in this game, and I would no. I I continue to want to see more from him. Didn't see a lot of uh, Kyron Hudson in, in this game. I would like to see more from him. So when there are other guys in the pecking order who are fighting for playing time and touches and all that kind of stuff, like. I think Brendan Rice seems to be more consistent to earn that, right? I, I, yeah. I don't know. Caleb didn't seem deterred from targeting him during the game, and they didn't seem deterred from having him in there. So Yeah. He had the most targets tonight with six, but I, I, I think the interesting thing for me is that it is SC's deepest uh, unit yes. by far is the receiving core, right? Um, SC has had their top two guys out – and there's still dudes that you barely even see. Like, um, you know, like they could still go all the way down to CJ Williams and Kyron Hudson yeah. and Terrell Bynum and all these guys who didn't get a catch tonight. Well, CJ Williams got two catches, but like uh, Wait, Ky- Kyron Hudson didn't didn't see see the ball tonight. Neither did Terrell Bynum. But you you put all this stuff together. You have all the these receivers, and to me, like you would think that. It sort of has the 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 smallest margin of error, um, but it seems that and I don't want to just pick on Brendan Rice here because uh, he he made some fantastic plays tonight. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. I think that that uh, there's some other guys who I'd like to see get a little bit more of an opportunity, like uh, like Kyle Ford. Um, speaking more about the the offense, uh, Caleb Williams. Kind of a mixed bag performance, um, and and that's only because we kind of have high standards for him, right? Like he, he can't be he's, completing fifty percent. I'm, he, I'm sorry, he's forced us to have high standards. Yeah, right? my my standards are very high for Caleb Williams, and I don't think that it's acceptable for him to complete fifty four percent of his passes. Yeah, uh, fourteen of twenty six, two sixty eight, three touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, the, the pick earlier in the game, we talked about it on the deep ball to, to Brendan Rice. Which is underthrown. It's underthrown. It, it's on Caleb Williams. At the same time, it's the one of those things where yeah. you'd like the receiver to to make sure that that doesn't happen. But that's on Caleb Williams. Um, it's it's a deep ball. If you're going to make a – if you're going to throw a pick, throw a pick on a deep ball, I guess. Not not the biggest crime in the world, especially when he's had a 30 – what. 30 something to, to two season, yeah. uh, touchdown uh, to interception ratio it's it's worthless to to bag on him for the for the pick but um yeah he he was pretty errant early on yeah. um but he settled down the entire offense settled down after the 8 yards that they got in the first quarter um 268 yards all told three touchdowns a couple of runs uh the it was the shovel pass to Austin Jones it's the one that you're going to remember <sighs> Uh, going into the closed end of the Coliseum in the third quarter takes two like two little steps, does the little like no look shovel pass a la Pat, uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes, and it was brilliant because Austin Jones knew what he was going to do, got it, ran into the end zone with a little jump at the end, uh, semi hurdle, um, and it was a hell of a highlight real play and. That play is going to be on a loop for the <laughs> next 24 hours. 
So all the voters get to see that thing and not highlights of the first quarter. Yeah, I I legitimately in the moment thought that the ball had been punched out of his hand and that it had flown into Austin Jones's hands on accident. I, I still don't <laughs> I don't under <laughs> my brain cannot comprehend. It's 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 fitting that you bring up Patrick Mahomes. We've brought up we brought up Patrick Mahomes a couple of times now in relation to Caleb Williams. But it's an impossible comparison not to make. It's the same yeah. kind of like just mind-blowing, like, did he even try that kind of play that Caleb Williams is capable of doing? And that is the gift that USC has. USC has a quarterback who is capable of doing that and who is capable of of scoring two touchdowns with his legs uh, by, by faking a handoff so beautifully that everybody is full and he just sort of walks into the end zone. He can do that kind of thing. He's very, 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 very good. Mm-hmm. My complaint about Caleb Williams in this game is part Caleb Williams and also part Lincoln Riley because I think it became clear at a certain point that Caleb wasn't, in terms of passing, at his sharpest. I thought that the pass rush was getting to him a little bit. I thought he was having to run run around a little bit too much to create time. And I wanted to see USC adjust to that and say, okay, we're going to run some short passing concepts. And it felt like every single play needed like 10 seconds to evolve. And my worry is that, you know, Colorado does not have a good pass rush. They had three sacks in this game. That is not a good sign because the escapism that we've seen from Caleb Williams all year. Yeah. That works against a lot of teams, but eventually you're going to run into a team that has an elite pass rusher who is going to trip you or going to get you down. You're not going to be able to extend a play for 10 seconds. And I want to see USC adjust to that a little bit more clearly. And that's kind of why I brought up the running back thing, because when the outlet was there from the running back position, we saw him going to that constantly. Mm -hmm. And And that's not something we saw earlier in the game. We didn't see those available shorter outlet routes like and it's hard to say because you don't have an all 22 or anything like that. You're limited from we are from what we can see on the TV. But like you can see pretty much from the line of scrimmage almost to the first down marker. Right. And there's literally no no red shirts there. There's no cardinal shirts there. So USC isn't running routes that are giving Caleb an opportunity shorter. And so I think he was trying to force it a little bit more, having to run around a little bit more. And I think that hurt his performance. I would like to see Lincoln. It's a, it's a balance, though, because he's so, so good. And I get trusting him. I wish Lincoln would trust him less sometimes. <laughs> like, does that make sense? Like, I, I, I get what you're saying, but when, when you can make the plays that Caleb Williams can do, you're going to earn that trust. And, yeah. Lincoln Riley has a great uh, history of having quarterbacks to trust and knowing when to trust those guys. Um, so I'm going to lean on on that to, to work out in that sense. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Caleb Williams w- was fine tonight. He, he struggled early on. I, I agree that um, it looked like there were a lot of – like all of those sacks were like covered sacks. Yeah. Um, a couple of them – uh, the the pocket just sort of swallowed up because there was nobody else, you know, no, no way for him to get out of the the pocket and uh, and and couldn't find anyone in time. But 
yeah, if, if he could he could find an outlet a little bit quicker, uh, maybe than always looking downfield or, or, or something. I think I think that would help. Where uh, are the tight I, ends? I do think that at the same time, it's like of all the things wrong with with, with SC's offense, I, I think that it's maybe not the the biggest glaring issue. Um, uh, Colorado, you would think though, would be not be one of the defenses that would give SC's passing game trouble. You would hope that uh, the Lincoln Riley offense being predicated on finding receivers in space would continue to, to do that. And it wasn't there at times tonight. So um, you want to get that fixed. And, and I have faith that that'll be fixed given how SC's offense has been, especially in the second half, how we saw them in, in the big game so far. Um, five points. Yeah. They scored 55 points. And, yeah and how they looked against Utah. So um, if they can do that against Utah, I think they'll be just fine uh, next week against UCLA. We'll have to see, uh, of course. Want to take a quick moment here to uh, change gears and start to open up the mailbag. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. Best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Prize Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Prize Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Uh, let's go to Josh, who says, even putting up 55 points, losing die after that abysmal first half. Do you think SC falls in the rankings? No, I, I don't think so at all. I, I don't think I don't think a lot of the pollsters are watching this game um, in totality. If anything, um, I think a lot of them are going to look at the score, look at the highlights, 
considering on the East Coast, this game kicked off at 9.30 mm-hmm. on, on a Friday night. Like, this was a good game to have on a Friday night at 9.30 for, for SC sake, especially because the score looks good. Uh, yeah, 55-17. Right? The thing is, is that there are college football games every single weekend where the first quarter is a little wonk, wonky. Yeah. And then you look at it and like it's 55-17. Michigan, Michigan had with that with Rutgers, Rutgers right? for last week. Yeah. yeah. So um, I do think that first quarter highlighted some of the concerns that people have in general about USC. And I think that we're going to talk about that with some questions that are coming up regarding the, the UCLA game. But when it comes down to it, I would hope most pollsters understand that like a weird, weird first quarter doesn't negate a 55 to 17 win. It was a 55 right. to 17 win. And really once USC, it was a flip switched and, uh, and a switch flipped, sorry. And, uh, and they just ran with it and it wasn't close at that point. So yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think this happens too often in college football for USC to get knocked unless Unless like UCLA completely blows out Arizona and then it's like, but there's been a whole week of conversation about whether or not UCLA is being underrated relative to USC. So like I could see an adjustment based on that conversation more than an adjustment based on this game. No. Uh, So the, the only way I could see that see something happening is, uh, if there was, yeah, a, a team below them um, moving up, and UCLA is rather close in the AP poll, but like, I don't, I don't think UCLA is going to do something against Arizona when SC's playing Colorado. Both of the teams at the think, bottom end of the Pac-12, like those are not going to be the ones that convince people to change their ranking. I also think UCLA is not. Necess- I mean, if UCLA completely blows out Arizona, I will give them all the props. I think Arizona's offense is good enough to give UCLA. I don't think UCLA is going to lose to Arizona, but there's a good chance that Arizona gives them a little bit of a game. So there's a lot that still has to go into that. Yeah. I, I think the most likely scenario is that someone above SC loses and SC moves up. Um, and who would Alabama, that be? Probably like TCU playing Texas. Or Alabama beating Ole Miss and then jumping USC. Uh, Arguably, I, maybe I, I, uh, it's I, it's hard to say. I, I I wouldn't see that either. Uh, Cameron says, "What does USC do uh, now with the running back committee if Ty if Travis Die is out for the season?" Um, yeah, the, the thing about Die is we we sort of look at it and fear that he's out for the season, right? But like it it's it doesn't look good, but. Um, I mean, Jordan Addison. We, we, didn't we look don't good. know that. Yeah, we we don't know that for sure. Uh, the Jordan Addison thing, I, I think, probably looked worse in the moment. Um, mm. Albeit at, at the, and I'm talking about like the just the play itself. Um, yeah, it looked the, pretty bad for Die. Yes, but the the way Die was carted off and had every you know in tears and the whole bit. I like, had an air cast that on looked, him. Though. That looked more serious for yeah. sure. <laughs> um, but he's, he's out. He's he's done. I mean, I know, I know you're I, you're being responsible because we don't have that yes, information. Yes, I think we should be responsible. Absolutely. Uh, the The point is, um, what does SC do with the running back committee? It, it's what you saw in the second half. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be it's gonna be Austin Jones, um, and Relique Brown and and Darwin Barlow sprinkled in. 
Yeah, I, I think Austin Jones is probably just the go-to guy now, and, and you'll get Relique Brown as the sort of number two alternate. And I would personally like to see more of Darlin Barlow, but just the way that we've seen the rotation from USC's running backs this season is, uh, oh, uh, so Kenny just uh, let us know in the yeah. chat that Lincoln Riley has confirmed that Travis Dye is out for the season, which is essentially yeah. see, what just... Th- this is the problem with doing a, a live Right show after the game while there's... Before before we can look at the press conference, though? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we practically knew that. Now it's just official. But uh, Austin Jones is the guy, and I would expect to see sprinklings of Relic Brown and then sprinklings of Darwin Barlow. Um, but I would, just based on the way that Travis Dye was used, I'm going to guess it's just going to be Austin Jones, like elevated to RB1 and yeah. that RB1 will be the one we see the most of. It's not going to be one drive here, one drive there, one drive there. I, I think we're just going to see Austin Jones. Yeah, I, I, I still think really Brown is going to be used. This is the all the reason in the world to, you know, go all yes. in on using Relique Brown as a, an energizer for this offense, whether it be in the backfields or split out wide something. Um, there's no need to hold him back. There's no need to, you, you don't have to worry about splitting reps with him or, or anything like that or, yeah. or about using him. And, and then that taking away reps from, from Travis Dye, like Travis Dye is not in the picture. You can use Relique Brown, however you want to use him. So um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how how that part goes into it. Uh, Big T37 says, did uh, did Tuli Tuipilotu get hurt? He uh, he didn't play in the second half. Um, I He was out there in the second half at, at one point. Yeah. Um, it was I, in that. Is, the, when we noticed it was that drive that Colorado scored the touchdown on. Yeah, I, I don't see – I didn't see anything on um, – uh, about an injury there. Um, well, Tuli Tupelotu was at was part of the press conference after yeah. the game with uh, Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. So he obviously wasn't. Yeah, I badly I, injured. If I think that's that's one of the situations where he's been taken out before for situ- situational reasons, uh, and then he's the he took back the national lead in sacks. He can take off the second half. Um, he plays in the second half against Colorado. By the uh, time that if they took him out, it was five minutes ish left in the third quarter, and USC was up by twenty six or something like that. I, I could understand can, if they wanted to get a look at the other guys they have on the defense. He, he 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 did not need to be in there in every play. No, I mean I would have liked Colorado. him too, but he didn't need to. Uh, Josh says, do you think the two point and backflip was the moment SC found its momentum? It was the fumble. Uh, yeah, it was, it was the, it was the fumble in the, the second quarter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause but the, the backflip was fun. The backflip was fl- <laughs> fun, but that was in the third quarter. Well, yeah. after I think SC sort of blew this one open, but yeah, SC gets the, allows the field goal to go down three, two, they come back with a touchdown drive to go. Uh, up nine three, and then immediately get the fumble. Uh, the fumble sets up the short drive, and that's what sort of jump starts the rest of that twenty four nothing second yeah. quarter for for the Trojans. There, yeah. At that um, point, it, that USC is full steam ahead. At that point, the the touchdown was a I think the start of that turning point. But Colorado could have gone down the field and scored a, a field goal or a touchdown or something like that on that drive and reset 
things a little bit. And the fact that they got that that turnover setting USC up in the red zone so quickly, it was over. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marcus says, do you think that with the limited number of fans in the stadium, it makes it harder to play in? The fans need to step up. Uh, is this about the renovations and the like the uh, how the the capacity is lower? No, I think it was a the Friday night game and people not turning up to watch USC play Colorado. Probably, I, I'm um, I'm of the mindset. I know there's a million things. That, I, I've said this before. I know there's a million things to that go on in LA, and I'm not going to be the one to like. I'm not going to you know chastise sc when the dodgers have this problem and like every team in la has the problem of not being able to fill their stadium Mm -hmm. um but at the same time there's like 15 million people within a two-hour drive of the coliseum i understand it's a friday night but like sc's eight and one well it, it can be a little a little more packed and a little more rowdy come on yes and i think that's I don't know that it's a reflection of the crowd that was or wasn't there, but I think yeah. that the game itself was sort of a reflection of how little USC, the team, the program, the fan base, how not seriously they took this game, which it was 55 to 17 and USC had the most miserable first half, the first quarter that I've ever seen from USC. So like yeah. the, they were, I mean, there was certain like, yeah, it, this game was, was sort of a dead, a, a, a dead rubber. Um, but yeah, you, you would like to see the crowd show up more. And I think it would be harder for the players to take the game unseriously if the crowd was G'd up for it and, and ready to go. So eh, it's a sort of a chicken and egg. Yeah, at the same time, I, I think SC has performed uh, plenty up and down, regardless of what the crowd, yeah. uh, what, what the crowd situation. The is. crowd was not good at USC for that stretch during the link there during the Clay Hilton era when they were completely unbeatable at home. So right again, it's a, it's a thing. Yes, yeah. it's, it's yeah. Yeah, Rama says, how does the eye test look right now with tonight's win and our record of nine and one? I think. If you completely forget about the first quarter, I think the eye test was completely fine. The first quarter was abysmal when SC gets eight yards of total offense. So it, it, it if you compartmentalize it into two different things, you know, um, I, I think the eye test is fine. But I think the eye test is sort of where we expected it to be, and that yeah. this offense is very, very good. But they will be there will be times when they are out of sorts and that will look ugly because this is year one and they will have their out of sorts moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and the defense is what it is, what we've been talking about for weeks now where this defense is vulnerable. They're dealing with injuries. They're dealing with stuff, but I thought they responded in this game um, yeah. when things could have gone very wrong for them, just in terms of the the energy and momentum in this game. Like they had to hold on in a first quarter where USC's offense was doing literally nothing and yes. the defense that we saw against Arizona and Cal, we could have seen this defense completely just shatter. It doesn't it doesn't you know? It, it helps that Colorado is is as bad as they are, and that their quarterback got so afraid of Tuli Tupelo too that he yeah, threw j- the ball away in the end zone when he didn't need to. Like that contributes to be sure. But I thought that the defense didn't let this game get out of hand. Uh, and kudos to them for that because they literally could have. 
Yeah, on the power rankings of, of quarterbacks who looked absolutely uh, inept in which SC has ever played them, um, JT Shroud is high on that list for me. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of, uh, was it Zach Maynard from Cal uh, back in like 2012? Yeah. And just, he was a better quarterback. Yes, uh, he better than Shroud, which, yeah. which sort of says something. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think for, for SC, yes, the, the eye test wasn't pretty early on, but I think when you rack up 531 yards in a in a game in which you had eight in the first quarter, uh, I, I think that, I think it's safe to say that the, that they answered the bill there, mm-hmm. um, answered the bill, um, and paid the bill on the uh, first quarter issues. Uh, Dave the Greater says, what will we have to, uh, to to do to beat both UCLA and Notre Dame? It's get the get the timely stops when you need to and avoid the the early struggles, right? I think more than I think people are going to focus on the defense going into these games, and I get why. I think the defense will certainly have their role to play in in the UCLA game, but for me, this game was very much a represent a representation of how. It's going to be USC's offense that determines whether or not USC wins the game against UCLA because USC got away with a lot of stuff. USC can't get away with a first quarter like they had against Colorado against UCLA because they will have fallen too far behind. They won't be in a 3-2 situation. USC's defense isn't capable of that against, uh, against UCLA. USC's offense needs to be on it. They need to be prepared and they need to be ready to go. And I think... You know, call this a trap game, even though it wasn't a trap game, but like call it that it's the same mentality where it's just I don't think USC took this seriously. I don't think they prepared very well for it. I think they came in and thought they'd just curb stomp Colorado and they got punched in the mouth early and had to realize that like that wasn't going to be so easy. And the offense, I think, looked discombobulated. Even after they got things going, it's still the, the first touchdown drive is is a slog and a half. Like it takes multiple third and forever conversions. It takes getting over a bunch of penalties and all that kind of stuff. So they have to play a lot cleaner than we saw in this game. We know they can play a lot cleaner Mm -hmm. because we saw them put up 40 some odd points against Utah. We've seen them be utterly unstoppable against a lot of other teams. They just have to take it more seriously. They have to be more clicked on. And I think Caleb Williams in particular needs to be checked in. Um, that is what USC needs to do in order to beat UCLA and then Notre Dame down the line. Because, yeah, you want your defense to get the stops, but also you need to be prepared to win a 65-60 to 60 shootout. That's where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think looking at the, the drive charts um, of this game uh, is crazy because uh, SC starts off early on punt, interception, punt, and like – that's the 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 kind yeah, of start definitely. you need to avoid yeah. against those good teams because once you can I think SC has been at their best this year when they jump out to a good lead and then just continue to score and take the pressure off their defense the whole gravedigger offense thing that's yeah. what we saw early on in the season right just bury teams early and put all the pressure on them early on um that didn't happen tonight but as he responded by touchdown, 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 field goal, downs on a drive in which they they ran ten plays on that drive, 
uh, and then touchdown, 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 touchdown. Like, yes, that's the kind of pressure that you put on teams. Um, and if you can, you can continue to do that to the good teams. I think that that's only going to help. Uh, how do you continue to score on offense? Just by by being efficient, uh, efficient, and and not having the drops, not having the uh, the the errant throws on checkdowns, not having the uh, the the pocket collapse around Caleb Williams when he can't escape. Um, it's all about doing the little things on every play. Um, mm-hmm. Big T thirty seven says. What happened to the towel guys? Don't see them anymore. We need to pick up our towel game. I saw them last week. I didn't notice them tonight. I, I didn't notice I them looking. tonight, but I, I've I've noticed them. I know I noticed them in the Arizona game. Yeah, they were definitely there for the Arizona game. I didn't. I didn't. I don't notice. remember them for the Cal game, but I I don't remember them off the top of my head. But I wasn't looking for them tonight. Yeah, so, I didn't. Uh, I I certainly didn't notice them. And now that you bring them up, I. I've noticed but, them in every other game, so yeah, and I don't mind them personally. But yeah, by by the way, my, my what's what's your towel guy opinion? Do you have one? I I, I don't care. <laughs> I think it's corny. Yeah, I I it's, agree. I, I just don't. Care. It's absolutely corny, and I can completely understand why SC people would not like it, given that the whole like Ed Kazarian thing at UCLA being the towel guy. And all that stuff. At the same time, it's just not a hill worth dying on being worried about. Um, yeah, it can it can be both those things at the same time. Uh, Raymond Murray says, "How concerned should we be about the O line struggles tonight?" I wasn't concerned at all with the O line struggles. I think the three sacks. I think most of those are covered sacks. I, I was fine with the O line. I I thought that in the run game was where I was most concerned. There were and I and part of that might have been that Colorado was sort of biting on, um, on the handoff a little bit, and and I thought that there were a couple stuffed runs that we haven't really seen blown up in the backfield as often this season. So um, that's a little bit concerning. I think it continues to be concerning that USC doesn't seem to have the health back on the offensive line. I think there was a question about whether or not Cortland Ford is injured. We just haven't heard anything from Cortland Ford in forever. I, If he played tonight, I didn't notice him. Um, Bobby Haskins definitely got in the game in the second half, but he has been dealing with an injury. Mason Murphy is doing the best that they can. So the offensive line is still a little bit sort of, we're not sure what they are, but mm-hmm. – I don't know that they are my biggest concern at this point. I think that they are doing the best that they can. And like you said, some of the offensive line issues could be helped by the coverage, I mean, by the receivers getting open more quickly or by USC running plays that didn't require such long dropbacks. Yeah, David the Greater says, if, if Miller Moss played the whole game, how many sacks would, would we have suffered? And is he mobile at all? Uh, I, I don't know. I, I go back to those were covered sacks um, and maybe Miller Moss. Um, we, we just haven't seen him in, you know, to use a Clay Helton ism with going up against live bullets yeah. en- enough. Right. Like uh, to the sense of, I, I don't know how he'd react nearly as much um, on those plays where the receivers aren't opening, um, aren't getting open to the, to the satisfaction of Caleb Williams, maybe Miller Moss forces throws there. 
um, and decides to throw out of those situations and make you know riskier throws. Maybe he looks to throw the ball away more. Maybe he he um, we know that Caleb Williams can extend the pocket more. So yeah, maybe it would end up in more sacks. I don't know. I think that um, either way, like like I mentioned before, I, to me the, it wasn't about a lack of protection tonight. It was about um, the the receivers not necessarily always getting open um, more than anything, but. Um, I think also we just see an entirely different different offense. I think yeah. Lincoln Riley ex- Lincoln Riley asks something different of Miller Moss than he does of Caleb Williams, and I think the leash is yes. shorter on Miller Moss. So you'd probably see a lot more outlet passes, a lot more short passes, a lot more just get the ball out of your hands rather than trusting that. And we've seen literally this entire season Caleb can shimmy away from from defenders, and yeah. so he has that uh, that leeway. I think that Miller Moss would not be given. Yeah. Uh, so Cal Ninja says, can this defense stop UCLA's offense? Isn't that the freaking biggest question? If, if, it's the, stop. if it's the defense from the last three, three weeks, um, the uh, Utah, Arizona and Cal game, then surely not. Uh, I don't know that the, the defense tonight played well, but it was Colorado. So like, how much do you want to really put stock in that? Um, Rail and Goforth came back and, certainly helped out um, at, at linebacker, but this is still a, a a defense that is relying on guys sort of playing beyond their capabilities a, a little bit. Like to a CV Nomura is a guy who probably shouldn't have all the responsibilities that he has at linebacker right now. Um, and it go forth and, and Gentry can come back that sort of takes a lot of those away, but I don't know. I, the answer is probably no, they can't stop UCLA's defense. Uh, it's just a matter of can they contain them enough for SC's offense to at least hold serve? Yeah, stop, uh, I would say no. Limit, I would say probably not. But right now, at this very moment, if you told me that USC could contain UCLA to 35 points, I would break your hand off to take that deal. Um, yeah, UCLA I has, think so. The, their season low is 30 points. That was against Oregon. Uh, I wouldn't expect that. They're too good of a of a defense, especially their run game. Charbonnet is so good. DTR is is exceptional. But I think that Charbonnet is the real danger man when we're when we're talking about what USC should should look at um, in terms of of what Chip Kelly will want to do to USC's defense. So I think that you can sort of go in expecting it'll be 30 plus points. Could USC hold UCLA's offense to under 40 points? Maybe if they get some turnovers. So, like, that's what you need. You need to get some turnovers so that UCLA doesn't score 40 points because you can win this game if they score less than 40. Yeah. That should be your goal. I think the key for SC next week is to force field goals and get turnovers. You force force a few field goals uh force a couple of field goals fourth a couple of turnovers you will absolutely give sc a chance to uh to, to win the football game uh, on, on offense uh given that what we know about usc's offense and ucla's defense being susceptible uh just as much uh kenny says do you consider who do you consider the biggest rival ucla or notre dame i've long thought that they're in the same tier depends on the moment uh, and also, I look at 
UCLA is the rival for the students. Notre Dame's the rival for the alums. I think that maybe has changed a, a little bit, but that's usually the explanation, right? Yeah. It, it's 1A and 1B. I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. And when you say students, I think the student-athletes supply in that too. Mm-hmm. In a year when UCLA is a top 10 team and Notre Dame is a top 25 team, UCLA is the bigger rival. Yeah. yeah. It, it goes back to the whole John McKay thing, right? Nothing you want more. You don't want to do anything more than beat Notre Dame. Yeah. And you do, don't do not want to lose to UCLA because yeah. you're going to have to hear it probably because you probably work with people who, who root for UCLA or whatever. This year for sure – and I think you and I were talking about this earlier today is if you get to, if you tell me I have to, USC is going to split those games, pick which way they split it. You absolutely take, you beat UCLA and you lose to Notre Dame because if you beat UCLA, you give yourself a chance to go to the Pac-12 title game. Like it shouldn't be a question. You should beat Notre Dame. Absolutely. Uh, But like losing to Notre Dame would be a lot less damaging than losing to UCLA. This is the part where I don't like the I like the idea that the, the Notre Dame rivalry is the you know the greatest intersectional rivalry in in sports and all that kind of stuff. I like that. At the same time, I think it absolutely takes away from 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 the game a lot of times in years where, you know, that it's not a national title on the line. Where yeah, yes, yeah. like if it's if the if the playoff is not on the line and SC is super concerned, more concerned about getting to the Rose Bowl and, and winning the conference. It's like if – not that you want to – like you're okay with losing to UCLA, but it's like it's one of those things where it doesn't ruin your season, and I feel like your rivalry game should always feel like it ruins your season. Yeah. Even if it doesn't, right? Yeah. Like, um, And I think that's part of the problem with having the, the Notre, Dame, Notre Dame game you know, outside of the conference there. Um, all right, let's go to a question that we got from Danny. How can we talk about how annoyingly long that game was? It was all the first quarter, it took an hour, it took so long. And uh, Pac 12 refs are bad. We say this every week. This week, fortunately, there were no big like game changing penalties or game changing decisions, but like the way that they get the calls wrong that they require a replay review to overturn them every time. Um, the way that there are just penalties on every single other play that just slow down the game. I can't blame them for the drone stoppage, which certainly contributed to how long the first quarter took. So like, that's one thing, Yeah, but it just feels like every call requires a replay to overturn it, and that just takes forever. You say the game dr- like it dragged on it, so long. It had a tendency to drone on. It droned on, yes, especially yeah. the first quarter. But then once the first quarter happened, it was like every the fourth quarter, quarter went quick. The fourth quarter went quick, yes, but that's because there weren't like there wasn't like a penalty on every other play. It just yeah. And I get the refs don't necessarily control whether or not there are penalties on a play, but like they could also throw a penalty on every play and they choose not to. So <laughs> I don't know. It just, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't. I, I, 
Yeah, not not the quickest game. Uh, Randy says, as good as Caleb Williams is, do you think he would be even better if you just took what the defense gave him uh, instead of always looking to try and make a big play? So here's the problem. It's arguably, yes, he would be better if he just took what was there. But would he be him if that was the case? Right. I, it, I there's, think- a, there's diminishing returns at some yeah. point. I think the, the issue that I have with this is the issue of you and I not going to games this year. Um, you're so limited by the broadcast view. Yeah. And if you, if we had more access to like all 22 footage or better replays that really showed you what he was looking at, I mm-hmm. would have a better opinion about this. Yeah. Because so many of the times, you know, tonight against Colorado, it looked like he was just, you know, sc- scrambling around waiting for something to develop and you're like okay is there just nothing there yeah well i don't know because we can't see it yeah we have no idea because all of usc's routes are 10 yards down the field and so we can't see and and uh and and we don't get a good replay that shows us whether or not there was somebody open or not Uh, yeah 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 so i i i i like the spirit of of the the question i I think that i think that you're right that yeah if, if he just you know um took the safer options to the, the, the Cody Kessler thing. Um, he could be super efficient that way. Cody Kessler was super efficient in 2014 when he did that at the same time, taking risks is sort of what makes him, you know, him. So. Well, and, and that's the other thing is I was looking for those check down options and I didn't see them until Travis Dye got injured. And then the running backs were the check down options. I agree with, uh, with uh, in the chat, who said there, there isn't diminishing returns if you took what they gave. It actually opens up the big play more if you took checkdowns. And I agree with that on the 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 one layer, which is if you take the checkdowns, you pull the defense forward and open up the long plays later on. But also, yeah. we saw in this game, when you have athletes like Taj Washington and Relique Brown, and you know even Kyle Ford, and, and we've seen Michael Jackson break plays, and we've seen Karen Hudson be available and all that kind of stuff, when you have players like that, get the ball in their hands short and let them make a play. Taj Washington just made dudes miss by being fast. So yeah. I, I would like to see USC do more of that. That's one thing that, that you know, for better. But again, there are also always worse elements to this, right? Because how many times did we scream at Lane Kiffin to stop throwing the damn bubble screen? Because it was like, the bubble screen isn't working, but you're depending on your athlete to make a man miss. You don't always want to have to make a man miss, but there's a balance somewhere in there. And I don't know that USC has found it yet. Yeah. I I still think there's, there's areas in which SC can continue to get better. And one of the things is maybe the quicker passing game. Um, You know, if, if you are not feeling confident about the, the offensive line and you want to speed things up for Caleb Williams, then, you know, go to the sort of quicker passing game, maybe more RPOs where the decision is something he has to make in the first split second rather than, yeah. you know, having the luxury to actually go through all of his progressions if he's going to have the tendency of 
uh, of waiting a little bit too much there. So yeah, um, let's go to a question we got from Danny. Do the equipment managers always wear green, or was that just for the vets? I think that was for the for the Veterans Day stuff. Can we talk? <laughs> can we talk about the Veterans Day stuff? Yeah. What, what What's your thought? The tweet that USC sent out with the warm-ups, the camo warm-ups oh. with the numbers on it. You, you you thought they were dirty? The close-up of the 13 shirt had me just almost sent me to ICU. Like, it almost sent me with a heart attack. I was like, are you, what? You, you, you guys want throwbacks? No, no let's be all camo jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> just... No, I'm pretty sure that they were wearing camo for uh, or green uh, for Veterans Day and all that kind of stuff, which I like. I think that if you're going to be USC and you're going to keep your jersey combinations traditional, I think you do have to get a little bit more creative and get a little more crazy with like your yeah. warm-ups and your sideline the, stuff and all that kind of stuff. So like, I support that. That's cool. It's the same thing the NHL does where in warm-ups they, they get all crazy and that's where you see them where the bs like the ugly dodger stuff and yeah. all of that whatnot um but i would wearing warm-ups but i would support well i wouldn't necessarily support camo jerseys in part too because it's not quite stolen valor but like it's cool when army wears camo like i don't know that usc's players need to be wearing camo on their like uh, have camo uniforms for veterans day like yeah there are it, probably better ways there, to, there's nothing thematic about it yes uh, but I will say, like, I fully support alternates. I fully support the idea of doing throwbacks. So USC throwbacks. People seem to want them too. Maybe, like, maybe throwbacks for next week. Who knows? Throwbacks for Notre Dame. Mm, there you go. Mm. Uh, no, no, right. no, no throwbacks for next week because USC UCLA uniform goodness should be sacred like well, homes on homes la- last time i see where throwbacks against notre dame they lost so maybe that don't want to do the throwbacks against notre dame but definitely don't do it against ucla because ucla usc home on home is a beautiful spectacle and i would be very upset if just, just to let you know that. the throwbacks are the same color i know but i want like current home <laughs> current home like i i like that right. personally uh okay josh says do you think ucla gets caught looking forward tomorrow uh they play arizona i don't think they get caught in the sense that like they lose i do think arizona is gonna be able to do something similar to ucla that they did to usc also similar to what asu did to ucla last week too mm-hmm. arizona has a very good offense Jaden delora is a good quarterback they have receivers who we just saw can make really good plays yeah i think that ucla's defense is a vulnerable defense I think my my prediction is that UCLA will be ahead by 10 points or more for the majority of that game, but never by more than like two touchdowns. It'll never be a, an entirely comfortable kind of game for them. Yeah. It, Arizona will continue to score. And, and they win like 38-24. Yeah, like yeah exactly. Something like that. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. I, I could see that for sure. I, I think they end up taking care of business. Um, Mostly because the world needs a, a SCUCLA game with both teams coming up with one loss. It does. That's what is, is needed. Yeah. Uh, Big T37, is Dennis Lynch still undefeated with the pregame drip? I didn't see his pregame drip. He today. had the uh, the 
glasses. The, the the shades. The... I saw some really nice pre-game pre drip from others. But I don't think I saw Dennis Lynch. Can you say that again? Pre-game drip. <laughs> uh, Dave the Greater says Alicia did that glass start as full at the beginning <laughs> of the show. Okay. <laughs> some story time. Um, I was working at the start of the game, so I did not pour a glass of wine or any alcohol because I was working. But at the first opportunity, because of the way that that first quarter went, <laughs> I took the the bottle of wine that I had opened a day ago and I had my little like, um, I have a vacuum bin that I sort of saved my bottle of wine with. And, uh, and I poured a glass of wine because I was like, I need to chill. And uh, <laughs> before the show started, I asked Michael, would you be comfortable if I had another glass of wine while I was watching, well, we're recording the show. Um, and uh, he said yes. So I poured a second. This is my, I think it's like a second and a half glass of wine. Second and a half? It's a Sangiovese. I don't remember the, uh, I don't remember the, the label. But it's very good. I don't tend to like Italian wines, and I very much like this one. So I don't like Italian wines either. I don't like American wines, French wines, yeah, uh, Chilean wines. I like no. Spanish wines. I'm just and Argentinian wines. I've just I've discovered I very much like like a spicy wine, all which is funny because bad. I don't like spicy food. No, no wine is amazing. No, all it. wines are. I love it. And I've recently gotten into like champagne, which is weird because I never really liked champagne, but my brother got really into it and he sort of dragged me along. And now I really, really enjoy a glass of champagne too. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, Jessica says, What do you think about all the guys rallying around Die when he was hurt? It says a lot about him as a teammate. I think the biggest thing for me is it says it about him as a teammate as a transfer. Yes. In which he's only played nine games. He, yes. Like he, he will only ever play nine and a half games for USC. And yet I think people will remember him more fondly and more as a true Trojan than like 90% of guys that you could think of. He is the offenses version of Stevie to Kolobatu. Yes. In the sense that like, it was just a player who came in and counterpoint though. No. I no, I'm with you. Okay. But the difference is I don't think there's a world in which Stevie T ever leads the team out of the tunnel. I think there's absolutely a world where like next year uh Travis dies on the by on a bye week and oh, he's leaving leading the team at the tunnel. No, I would I would love to see Stevie T lead USA. I, out of the tunnel. I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to see that. I'm saying yeah. I I just can't see that happen. I would I would love it. But you know yes, I mean? you're probably right. Well, running backs in general are are more of a like a forefront position than than like a defensive tackle, but uh, but yeah, it, I mean, and, and the 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 mustache game and like that kind, of, like he's more vocal kind of guy than CBT was. So I get that, but uh, no, I think that was a terrible situation, but heartwarming to see the impact that he's had on this on this locker room and the way that they responded to him. And like what I thought was really what really stuck with me is the way that guys weren't just going up and like patting him on the shoulder pads. Like they were going up and talking to him and having a moment with yeah. him. And like, you could see how important that was for him. Yeah. And the opposing for, players and too. Like, yeah. Like it was just, he's a dude that like, he commands the, respect from everybody around. Yeah. Him. And see that. he's, 
in the last five years, he's been one of the you know premier players of the conference and like one of the most respected players in the conference. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Lamont says, oh, "What do you think of the Brady Quinn comments at halftime about SC sort of being overrated?" My problem with the SC is overrated talk is that I think it's misplaced. I think that there's a very good argument to say that UCLA is underrated or that other teams are underrated. But the problem is is that if you look at everybody from sort of 7 to 12, separating them is very difficult. And it depends on what you're going to default to. And I think that I understand voters and committee members if they are looking at it and saying, how do we differentiate between any of these teams? Well, one of these teams has Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, who is an actual proven like playoff head coach recently. And one of these teams is DTR, who's very good, but like people have more of a history with as being like the Bo Nix of like good but never great. I think DTR is great this season, but I think there's he also brings some baggage with him. Chip Kelly brings baggage with him. So like I understand why you would default to trusting. Lincoln Riley a little bit more and then the flash of like Patrick Mahomes reincarnated when you look at Caleb Williams like I get it would I be upset if UCLA was ahead of USC I wouldn't um but I think it's misplaced to say that USC is overrated here especially when the argument is like well you UCLA beat Utah but USC lost to Utah well like would UCLA have beaten Utah if they had played them in Salt Lake City and would USC have lost to Utah if they had played them at the Coliseum like that's not a valid argument to me, especially because USC lost by one point on a two-point conversion in a game where there were legitimately questionable calls, like blah, 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 all of that. It's a futile argument. He's on TV, so he has to make it. I'm, I'm, As somebody in the field who has to make arguments for and against teams and players because it's my job to do so, I am sympathetic to just needing to make the argument. But at the same time, like, I don't think it's worth getting riled up one way or the other because as Petros Papadakis said, if only there was a way that we could settle this on the field. Well, yes. That happens next week. Yes. Okay. I Two things can be true here. I think one, UCLA is underrated. Yes. Um, I, I do think that SC has gotten the benefit of the doubt that they probably don't deserve. Um, but like it all comes down to they play next week. So why are we worrying about yeah. it? Um, and I don't think UCLA has a harder path to the playoff than USC because of where they're starting. Because if UCLA beats USC and then goes to the Pac-12 title game and does the thing that we're talking about with USC all the time, they won't get left out if they're one lost Pac-12 champion. And they just won't. UCLA has the benefit of if they get a rematch with Oregon, they can do the whole like revenge their loss thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I, it, it doesn't matter. They're, they're going to meet next week and, uh, and play each other. So uh, it, it'll be fine in that sense, but it was expected that Brady Quinn would be making the argument. Yeah. But I, I <laughs> realistically, I, I think that it's totally fine to say SC is overrated right now. I don't think there's a big deal about that. Yeah. Um, Josh says, do you think, uh, do you see SC stepping up to play hard for die? Absolutely. They talked about it in the, just skimming through Twitter here where we've been, we've been on all the quotes have been players talking about, um, you know, how important 
it is to to fight for him and everything. Now, you know, brings up the question of Ewing theory. Will SC sort of without Travis Dye play, uh, you know, within the running game, maybe play above the um, the loss there of, of Travis Dye? Like, will, will Austin Jones end up getting, you know, playing beyond his means maybe? Well, and like we talked about earlier, will it make – a more sensible use of the other running backs in the passing game. And yeah. And also will it lend itself to USC's insistence on passing the ball anyways, because now Travis isn't, isn't there. So maybe I, I, I tend to think that USC will be a weaker offense because they don't have Travis die. That's the respect I have for Travis die, but you can certainly have players step up and, and that's the plus side is that, it's not like USC didn't have anybody else at running back to step up. They're just not as good as Travis Dye, but that doesn't mean they aren't sufficient right. to be part of a really good offense. Yeah. Uh, Randy says, can you see Travis Dye coming back to be the part of the coaching staff after his playing days are done? Yeah. I, I could also see him as a guy who like somehow is in the NFL forever. If he, if this is like, um, th- okay, this is, this is weird to say, but this is, if it's like a break, if he had just a fracture, as opposed to like an ACL tear or something like that, it might benefit him in the long run because coming back from that is just more basic. Um, Travis Dye, to me, feels like a guy who can be in the NFL for for years. Whether as a featured back, I don't know. Maybe he has that skill set, yeah. maybe. But Hopefully I can this see is him, an injury that's not long-term. He's yeah. not somebody he, – he's somebody who – brings the right mindset to the game who has mm-hmm. a good skill set whose vision is very exceptional his vision is better than any of his physical traits yeah so he could at very least i think carve out a role for himself as a backup running back and in in the nfl and have a, a very long you know decade long career um and then go into tv or something like that yeah 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 um i i, I could see it uh, Dave the Greater says, "Will you have your your friend Jake on this week? Will we have our friend Jake on this week?" Uh, yes, That's we are going plan. to uh, to have Jake on this week. I we need to um, figure out the camera lock, thing. Lock down the specifics of what we're doing, but yes, uh, Jake will be on this week, and we will be on the What's Bruin show as well. So. Stay tuned for details on that. We'll probably have details on Monday about what's coming up later this week in that aspect. Uh, Okay, last two questions here. Uh, First one, Cameron says, if you stack two bad officiating calls in a game, is it two bad calls or one big bad call? It's two bad calls or three or four or five or six (laughs) or seven as the Pac-12 reps. To to me, it depends. Does it need to be reviewed? Because then it could just be like one big bad review. Yeah. Well, remember that Oregon game years ago where they reviewed the play? I think it was a, a touchdown in the end zone or something like that. They reviewed it and then they reviewed it again. Like, was that two reviews or was that one big, long, stupid 15 minute Wait, review? Are you talking about 2006? It might have been. It was when, it was wild. It was a while ago so where they reviewed it, but then they reviewed it again. They reviewed they, the review. Yeah, they because, reviewed the review. Yeah. So, what had happened was there was a play where I want to say the guy went out of bounds. It was he it, it, they and reviewed, came back in and it was about whether or not he was tipped 
because um, no, I think they were checking if it was tipped in the first place, and then they were like called attention to the fact that like, well, but did he step out of bounds first? No, I think it was the other. I think it was the the other way way around. around. The other way around. And there's a classic. This is 2006 SE uh, organ game. Classic. I just remember it took like 20 minutes of Pete Carroll looking across at Mike Bellotti, just like. F you, F you, <laughs> F you, F you. It's it's brilliant. It's yeah. a great moment of yeah uh, of uh, speaking sports of cinema. Speaking of stacking things, well, we got we got a question from from okay. Rama Murdy. This is the final question of the, of the car cast. Okay, will there be several stacked lasagnas for next week's game? I think we need to get some lasagna this week. Okay, we screwed up. Yeah, we went to the store, and I well, first of all, we we of course we do all of our grocery shopping online, and then pick it up because who the hell wants to walk into the grocery store? Not me. Um, <laughs> and of course, I ask you what you want, and you're like, I don't know what I want. I'm like, you realize this is like for the next week, and you're like, and then two days later, you're like, well, we don't have this, and I'm like, well, I gave you the option to what you wanted, you didn't say anything, but, um. You know, no counseling, no couples therapy here. <laughs> the point is, we need to get lasagna this week at some point. Yeah. So um, we even got reminded earlier today, uh, very generously, like that we should put our lasagna in the oven. And I felt like so mad because it was like, we don't have lasagna and like that's our fault like that's like what did we do like we made a mistake like we had we had the opportunity to have lasagna for dinner tonight and we just we just messed up and i feel bad but i would like to call attention to the robots here yes we've been talking about this for two weeks now guys guys Guys, do you see this? Do you see it? Do you see it? No one noticed it. No one noticed the box of lasagna that we stuck behind me on my little table there. We put that there two weeks ago. We thought we would get immediately like, is that a lasagna box? Stouffer's lasagna? It's there. It's been there. And no one's brought it up, and we are so disappointed in all of you. <laughs> people, people listening on on Apple Podcasts are like, "What? What's going on?" I, yeah, I, I don't get I'm it. Sorry. So, on uh, over my left shoulder is a is the table that houses my PS PS Five, and on top of that, I've got a whole bunch of little like knickknacks. I've got a, a USC thing i've got a penguin i've got an anfield road sign i've got some like i've got a thing that my brother picked me up it picked up for me in pompeii that's like a a roman helmet kind of thing and the hat that i my hiking hat that i wore for a year while i was it was a usc cap that i wore hiking for a year while i was preparing to do half dome and then i retired after half dome um after i i completed the half dome hike uh, so that's my retired hiking hat and this whole thing. And I threw the lasagna box on there two weeks ago after we ate it. No one noticed it. Hmm. And I'm very sad. Absolutely. 
missed out. So, all right, we'll be back Monday. Uh, Monday. Uh, oh. Everybody has all of the weekends. Steve. Uh, Steve Curry was the one who uh, who told yeah. us to put our lasagna in our oven. Yeah, our, our, our good buddy Steve in the Bay Area. And we screwed up and didn't have lasagna. All right, we, we will be back Monday to talk more about SC in Colorado. And uh, yeah, everyone has the whole weekend to have fun. We'll be back when Monday. Uh, outline more of our week for the rivalry week when when we'll talk to, to Jake and so much more. Uh, as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, tune in, all of that if you're listening there. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Like the stream here on YouTube. Uh, and uh, be sure to subscribe helps grow the show and so much more um alicia final word any anything final word the final word is the final word is jesse because i want to bring up that we are going to debut jesse our dog our our beautiful border collie at some point but jesse could not be debuted tonight (laughs) Because this game was so long that by the start of the fourth quarter, Jessie had put herself in her crate to go to sleep. Next week, (laughs) there's a very good likelihood that the UCLA game will be the the time that we can debut Jessie. Because it won't be so late that she has already put herself away to go to sleep. Potentially. We'll we'll see. Um, All right, guys. We will be back Monday. Until then, uh, see ya. See ya.